0: go the hangout is now live it says live in my corner so we're live so on, can, on the internet we're gonna live on the internet right now pete wow
1: this although this is you. a private link so you know unless we get uh start advertising on some risque websites maybe people start paying us to do a little bit more than just talk about fantasy football
0: well yeah that's the dream and we're living it
1: Always living the dream. Well, welcome to season two, episode one of Fantasy for Manly Men podcast. Uh, I'm Benjamin J. Miller here with uh, Peter Francis Higgins.
0: Peter, how Lord are you doing? Lord Commissioner. Lord Commissioner. Oh, Ben is, uh, Ben been upgraded to co Lord Commissioner. He is uh, right up there on my, on my right hand. He's very good at all the science and computers and organizing everything. And, uh, Thank you for, for that, Ben. Just getting, yeah, getting started there.
1: It's nice to have the recognition for setting stuff up, but I'm not excited for all the blame that is sure to come as well.
0: I will pass all uh, the blame on to you, as does uh, every good of fear.
1: Well, uh, Peter, it's uh, just a day before the draft uh, here on Thursday, oh, yeah. uh, I I August twenty fourth, And the last weekend of August always is our draft day. and So uh, tell us a little bit about where we're drafting this year.
0: Well, we're drafting in Wisconsin, again, as planned last year. Um, It's a beautiful cottage on gorgeous Lake Winnebago. Um, It's supposed to be kind of chilly again this year, which is a bummer. I think it's supposed to be low 70s, but uh, at least sunshine and clear. So uh, if we want to go out into the middle of the lake and get lost again... We're going to have a more difficult time with that because we'll have higher vis- visibility on the high seas. Um, yeah,
1: the fog really kept us. The fog last year kind of kept us from uh, finding our way back, but always an adventure.
0: Yes, a good a good seafaring adventure with all of the first mates. Um, so yeah, we got a uh, we got seven coming up again this year, seven draftees, but we're minus um, our three little helper bees aren't going to be in there, Willie. Gus and Ian Swanson. Um, I have conflicting reports from, uh, Gus and Swanee about why they're not going, but whatever (laughs) those, those guys, I don't care. Um, their loss and Willie is in, uh, old New Jersey for a wedding, I believe. So he's not going to make it. Um, but we'll have a good crew up there. Uh, sean carr is going to join us this year we're losing travis and then we have howard and broom uh remote drafting again howard planned his i don't know if he's on his honeymoon or what but he decided to run all the way to norway instead of uh face the music again um as a live draft so i don't really understand why we plan this a year in advance say the last week of august if uh People are going to plan vacations around there. Howard, little shot at you. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, I
1: deliberately I made sure that uh, not to plan my wedding over it. That was one of the possible dates next year we looked at, but uh, I oh. made sure.
0: Well, yeah, and I make uh,
1: sure not to have my honeymoon at that time too.
0: Yeah, if <laughs> I hope no one plans their wedding last weekend of August because we would have a, a pretty low draft attendance. I think. Um, depending on who got married. If Sean Carr got married again, I don't think anyone would go to that. But, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, try and try and keep this weekend free, folks. But, to be honest, I'm pretty pleased with seven. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get all ten. We say every year that's the goal for next year, but, you know, some goals are just unachievable then. They're up there with hey, the
1: It's always good, it good to strive for something, though. It's nice to have that high bar. That's what keeps us going, Ben. Striving. Speaking of a high bar, there's a couple uh, teams from last year who uh, just dominated the regular season and then went on to dominate the playoffs. Yes. Although one did a little bit more dominating than the other. Uh, looks like Motherboy XXX uh, won the regular season. And uh, Vaughn with uh, Starbury World Order.
0: No, he's no. A, he's face, yeah. face police. He's police. I think uh, ever, ever since he changed to face police, he's been uh, really policing the top of the standings there. And it's kind of upsetting. He used to be a good punching bag, but the cream rises to the top, I suppose with uh, our friend Aaron Vaughn out there in Iowa town by way of Marshalltown.
1: Yeah. Those lawyers must be, I don't know. They must be planning and litigating well, because they do well in the, in this fantasy, uh, this league here. Uh, 1-2, Bleka Vaughan in the regular season, and then uh, the playoffs. Bleka eked it out and won won that outright. So he's just the dominant winner this year.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know what the lawyers are doing. They're using all their legalese to confuse the shit out of me when they're complaining about rules and stuff. And it's like, God damn, we have three lawyers with uh, actual law degrees, and then there's Sean Carr, who might as well be a complaining little lawyer. And then you, Ben, not complaining, but you – uh. You confuse the shit out of me sometimes with your questions, to be honest. I'm like, the way that you word it, I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? I have no idea. Um, So that's why it'll be nice to have you on board here to kind of help me understand what the hell people are talking about sometimes. Uh, Because I feel like you speak these people's language. And I, I can communicate with, you know, Brett and McBroom and Nauman, and then, you know, you can handle the rest of the score there. That sounds fair.
1: I wish uh, maybe we'd get a little bit more, uh, I don't know, is litigation the right word about it? Uh, some negotiations between trading. Our our team or our league's been pretty silent on that front in the past couple of years. And you would think with all these people who like to negotiate and to make yeah. backdoor trades in the the alleys behind the courthouse, you'd think that that kind of stuff might be more frequent. But
0: Yeah, litigation is definitely not the right word there. Uh, speaking of confusing words that were <laughs> not used right. Um, But yeah, some uh, some negotiating and backdoor dealing, and you know we yeah we've been kind of uh, void of controversy the last few years, and um, I feel like now that I have a a co commissioner on board, I can uh, focus more time to stir up controversy and upset people. So (laughs) I will make that a personal mission of mine this 2017 season. That's a promise. You heard it here first.
1: Straight from the horse's mouth. So uh, Pete, we got some winners but they they haven't received uh their spoils yet have they
0: yeah that's my bad sorry um that's another thing i think uh we got to change up the pay structure maybe just use venmo i've done venmo with um other like the basketball the ncaa tournament and stuff like that and uh it's just easier on venmo and also um I checked my PayPal, and apparently my PayPal has been paying for my Ubers for the last two years. So it's going to be difficult for me to figure out who paid and everything. I've got to go through all those transactions. But never fear, uh, manly men of the man's field. You know, what you've been promised, you shall receive. And uh, I think that this is going to be a new yearly tradition that we kind of uh, stumbled into here by my uh, incompetence, we'll call it. Uh, and I will be paying cash to the winners this weekend. Um, I gotta go on PayPal and transfer the whatever. I have no idea what money is in there. Um, but anyway, yes, you'll be getting a nice little satchel of money uh, for those of us, for those of you who won um, and who are in attendance this weekend. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm sure that one of the three guys that are not making it probably at least one a $20 weekly uh, whatever winners award. So I'll kind of, I'll calculate that for Travis Broom and uh, Howard and um, I'll just, I'll just take that off of dues for 2017. Uh, I if think if those guys won any weekly award winnings um, and then the rest of you guys, uh, you know, if you're probably, I imagine listening to this on, on the way up North right now uh, being Friday, you know, even though this is Thursday, it's a little weird how time works like that, huh? But yeah, you guys will get your money tonight. Um, and it will be presented when the crown is presented. I got to text Vaughn and make sure that he brings that crown back. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be, I think that'll be fun. Kind of, uh, you know... it. getting money is always going to be fun, but I think getting the actual physical money, we can do a little presentation before the draft, maybe when uh, we crown the Jerry Kyle king of the world crowned or whatever we're calling it these days. Um, Jerry Kyle's illegitimate bastards that have the rightful heir to the throne. I don't know. Um, Yeah, we'll do do a little showmanship there, and Ben is uh, man enough to lose in fantasy football for like the fifth of sixth years and be our slave and actually show his face amongst his peers. Um, Ben, I'm going to use this moment to give you a a little platform to say what you might want to say to past slaves who maybe have not lived up to their slavery uh, and who might want to look to you as an example. Just if you want to say any words about that, then now is your chance because starting tomorrow you will be silenced and hit if you start to talk.
1: Well, it just uh, just sets a, a bad precedent. Um, this uh, the, the slaves who haven't shown up and who claim to be part of the executive branch are less and less respectable, much much like the, our current executive branch of the United States. And uh, just kind of uh, well, it's disheartening. And there are even clauses in the in the rules for. Um, little ways out of doing that if you're not uh, able to attend and, uh, some extracurricular activities you could do, uh, as an alternative, but they haven't seemed to be wanting to take any, uh, initiative to do those. And I think traveling in a foreign country might be a perfect opportunity to confuse people and talk about football that they would, uh, would think references things like corner kicks and, uh, goalposts. But, uh, well, yeah, that's, know it's just it's just disheartening and uh, well hopefully that'll change in the future but I don't know Uh, maybe maybe it's just uh, just not not up to the challenge
0: well said Ben Uh, disheartening is a good word Uh, Howard I hope you have fun in Norway town and you see some of the great old battle scenes where the Norwegians fought off the Germans or do whatever it is you're gonna do in Norway ski I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do out there Um, I'm sure I'm sure it's gorgeous, uh, but Ben, you're the king of transitions here, and I think that was a nice little transition bringing up uh the the clauses in the rules and guidelines. I forgot that I had actually written those clauses in there and that they weren't just a product of my memory and headspace. Do um, You have the rules and guidelines in front of you? I can pull it up here I, in a I, I do actually I do have these.
1: Uh, so for the draft slave, uh, I'm looking, rolling down through the points and scoring. We have a really nice rules and guidelines sheet. And actually, I think this year, yeah. um, we're actually condensing some of the rules, and things are getting smaller. So that's, uh, that is nice. That's nice. The
0: uh, lawyers can complain about that one, I'm sure. But let's move. So uh, it's, uh,
1: I've, got it. I've,
0: got, uh, I've got it right here. The, uh, the draft slave, it is... Um, I don't know what we want to call call this clause four E it's in in section four letter E. Um, the player that finishes last in the league will be the draft slave at next year's draft. Pretty straightforward there. There are some clauses then, uh, I, I, four E I draft slave is subject to slavery from 24 hours before the draft. So Ben, you have about, uh, six more hours before anyone in your vicinity can command you to do whatever they want you to do. So enjoy those six hours. Um, it won't be that bad for you. Uh, it's never that bad. It's, I I would like to be the draft slave one day. I think it'd be kind of fun. I feel like I am the draft slave sometimes. I have to do all the shit. But anyway, 4-E-I-I. Uh, if the draft slave is unable to attend the draft, he has three options. And here's where things get interesting. And here, Howard, even though you're a slave, we're benevolent masters, and we give you choices, which are also called options. Option one, pay a $200 penalty. That's pretty straightforward. Um, I would never choose to do that because that's it's it is boring and whatever, but uh, if if Howard wants to get out of it with his money, if he wants to buy his way out of his trouble like he always does, then uh, he can take option one and pay 200 and I don't know what the plan was for that money, I guess we all get like twenty two dollars or something um so whatever that's option one option two take the a c t hungover post the results online for everyone to see and take a picture of the classroom and the proctor so we know you didn't just do it at home or something uh that's a fun one too um for me that i I wouldn't take that option just because uh first of all I don't get hung up I don't get hangovers so I would be cheating if I did that one. Uh, and secondly, that just seems like a difficult process. Um, which is the point, I guess, of, you know, slavery. But, uh, if I was forced to do it, I would, I guess I would do that. It just would be annoying to wake up and go to and figure out how to do that. I don't know. I haven't done it in 12 years. I don't want to do that again. I'm sure I would do better now because I'm smart and wise, but, that's option two. You can find an ACT and take pictures and let us know how you do, how stupid you are, uh, or how smart, you know? Maybe, maybe it'll be a nice ego boost for a slave. And then option three, which is uh, my, my favorite and what you alluded to there with talking to uh, foreigners about football and confusing the shit out of them, uh, is make a five-minute video talking to strangers about your fantasy football team. Video must last five minutes but can consist of one five-minute interviews, Three hundred one second interviews or anything in between um, I think that's a I think that would be a fun one for all of us uh just to see that you know you, it's it's not that hard or it's not demeaning or anything like that, and not we're not having you tattoo your body or you know cut off an index finger or anything like that. you just gotta get somebody to go around with you and film you on their phone while you. Interview strangers. Uh, you know, we all, we all live in... And for
1: the love of God, if you, video- if you do pick this option, do not videotape in portrait mode. Turn it sideways, yes. get us the widescreen when we watch it. Otherwise, you have to do it again, because I'm not sitting through five minutes of that. It's no. 2017. We should all be able to take videos properly.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's on the draft slave, but also on the partner, whoever whoever is filming with them, or I guess, you know, if you want to just do a selfie thing, I guess you can do that. Um, but yeah, just get five minutes. And, uh, you know, maybe if you have 15 minutes, if you want to send it to me, I can, I can cut it down. Or if you know, if the, whoever's the draft slave that can't make the draft that year, if they know how to cut, cut it down to five minutes, I think that'd be, those would be fun little videos for uh, the league to share. And, uh, it's not difficult to, you know, it, I can't imagine collecting five minutes of footage would take more than an hour of just walking the street one day and having a, a phone and, you know, maybe a little toy microphone and just interviewing people in the park or in a lobby or, you know, uh, gee, I, I, at a, I, a Chipotle. whatever. It's just simple. You need
1: to, it, you know, to, to explain how easy it would be. I, I, I submit that, um, you know, there, there might be a fourth option as well. I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, the hot ones, YouTube videos. Have you seen those? No. Uh, where the gentleman, uh, Sean, I can't remember what his name is. Sean something. He interviews people like celebrities and a lot of them. And it's really gaining some popularity with progressively hotter, uh, hot wing sauces and gets into like the, the top, the hottest of the hot. Um, and I think subjecting somebody to to 12 of those hot wings getting progressively hotter, Maybe video recorded or you know sometime in person uh, would be would be very entertaining as well. Uh, the, given that they would supply the hot sauces, so there is a little bit of a price tag there. But just yeah. my own thoughts. If anybody else has interest in that, we can discuss it again later. So
0: that'd be a fun one. I, it's just, um, I mean, yeah, that's an option that somebody could choose for sure. But that's kind of like uh, you know the, the milk chug if you don't want to chug the milk, not chug the milk. But uh and also how would we know how spicy these hot wings are from, from afar? Um uh, they could all be mild. We could be getting punked by the slave. And there's nothing worse than getting punked by a slave. So <laughs> that would probably be an in person one. But if you're in person then uh you're the dress. Well slave. there
1: could be there could be uh, another team member, um a league another league member who verifies the, the That's fair. Scot- that's scot- fair. Scot- of the, the hot
0: sauces. Yeah. Well, oh and one I one thing, um I said I was gonna write down some questions but I forgot to because I'm lazy. Uh but I think it would be fun for you know if we if the uh, supposed slave chooses the interview one, then everyone in the league can submit a question that uh has to be asked. Um so maybe even we don't put a five-minute timer on it. We just have to – he's got to ask these nine questions or whatever. You know, just make a video. Yeah. Uh, I like
1: simple. that. I like that. And, and they'd, be, they'd be appropriate questions to
0: ask a stranger, not like – Yeah, you can't, you can't submit a question that's going to get uh, the slave punched in the face. <laughs> so, yeah. You but know, but you could ask them to
1: talk about when Ray Rice punched his wife uh, yeah, in the face. That could be okay. certainly
0: a question. How did Ray Rice punch in – Janae Rice in the face affect your fantasy football team, sir. And, uh, just see where that goes. Um, or what do you have to say to Greg Hardy about, uh, his, I don't want to go there. Um, so yeah, uh, I think, I think we kind of covered that. Uh, Howard, if, and when you do listen to this, um, hopefully you uh, choose one of these options and, uh, regain the dignity that you've taken with you to Norway and, uh, Find it again here in America. That's well, all I
1: say. Speaking, speaking of Howard, he somehow managed to get in his keeper players at the last minute. I was very happy that we had all of our league mates uh, submit all their keepers. So nobody, we don't even want to have to penalize somebody, but we do have no. to get this stuff set up. Yeah, And people need to know kind of where they stand and who they might start drafting. So that was helpful. And I'm, I'm happy that everyone was able to get those in but uh Pete, maybe we should talk about a little bit about uh what we think are the best and uh worst values in the keeper list right now or the riskiest values possibly.
0: Gladly. and like who's got the best uh set of 3 or 4, etc. Um I got I've got two notes that uh stood out to me. The first one, Sean Carr keeping Garrett Blunt. Um I get that the guy had like 20 touchdowns or whatever last year but that was last year when he just fell into the end zone for the Patriots a hundred times. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if he – I don't know where he's playing this year. I, I don't even know. So, I remember listening. Philly? What? Philly? Philly? I have no idea. I honestly have no idea where LeGarrette went. is playing this year. I don't – I think – I heard uh, – I don't know if I was listening to ESPN Chicago or I just started – uh, like two days ago, listening to some fantasy podcasts. Um, but I heard I heard that he, LeGarrette Blunt was on the roster bubble, wherever the hell he's playing. And when I was going through and taking away the keepers from the uh, pre-draft rankings, you know, I put them to the left so that I can't draft them. I couldn't even find Legarrett Blunt. He was way the fuck somewhere down there. I, I'm not even going to bother because I'm not going to rank him. So I was a little surprised by uh, Sean Carr, uh, keeping LeGarrette Blunt again, I guess. Uh, you know what? This has been, to me, this reeks of a classic robot trying to be a human move. He is <laughs> pretending to be sentimental about how LeGarrette Blunt scored a whole bunch of points for him last year. So he's like, okay, maybe if I keep this guy for no reason, they'll think that I have emotion and that I feel like a connection to LeGarrette Blunt. Well, Sean, you didn't trick us. We know that that's just a falsehood, and that this is just a ploy, and that you're still a robot. You're not tricking anyone with keeping Legarrette Blunt. Sweet move, man. But uh, come opening day when Legarrette Blunt is playing in the USFL, uh, no one's going to be tricked by your robot maneuvers.
1: Well, sometimes you got to get you know try to be a little tricky with these keeper players. I mean, it's kind of a free pick essentially. Uh, for 10th round value, but there are some really good ones out there too. Uh, You know, Sean might be hedging his bets with Darren McFadden. If uh, Zeke can't get on the field anytime soon, Uh, Darren McFadden could be a good one there. And there's some other good running backs uh, that have been kept. Obviously David Johnson's probably one of the biggest ones that, uh, that face police are holding on to. Yeah, Um, for sure. Just
0: going to keep paying off for years and years in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Running backs have, uh, I don't know what the word is, Um, not attrition. Eh, Attrition works, I guess. They're the the least predictable uh, from a multi-season standpoint. Um, You know, a guy, like, look at Jamal Charles. I'm pretty sure Jamal Charles was a first-round pick last year, and now he's backing up. I I don't remember where where Jamal Charles ended up. I don't remember where he is either. Where is Jamal Charles? He, I don't know, but he's not probably won't get drafted in our league. I see. I'm sure he'll get drafted. I'm going to look up where Jamal Charles is right now. Um, um,
1: well, as you're doing that, uh, you know, there's some other players too that, uh, you know, like uh, another deep sleeper keeper. This is actually starting to pay off. Pete, I initially did not like this idea when we had four keepers and then also a deep sleeper keeper. But now mm-hmm. it's, it's turning into a fun game with only three keepers in this one. Uh, opening up that fourth slot, but Dak Prescott uh, looking really good. Uh, Carson Wentz, another deep sleeper keeper. Those are some solid, some nice yeah. gems that, that people are getting there, and I think it adds some fun to it. Um, but uh, let me just kind of explain to people too how the deep sleeper keeper works. Yeah, real uh, quick. So
0: it, Jamal Charles on the Denver Broncos. Now, everyone, oh, okay. Everyone can go on with their lives.
1: Thank so you, thank you're you. going to explain. Good.
0: You're going to explain the deep keeper sleepers. Yeah, so, apparently there's you know, still quite a bit of confusion surrounding that.
1: Nineteenth round of the draft, the second to last round, pick one player that you don't put on your team, that you just have rights to for the next year's draft. And if you want to keep him next year, uh you get to keep bring him in as a twelfth round uh pick, and he can be your fourth keeper slot. Then if you want to keep him again the next year, uh, you, he moves to 10th round value. And 10, 10 round value is where all the keepers start out if they weren't, in, unless they were drafted in an earlier round. Yeah. So from now on. 12th rounder. Player...
0: Anyone drafted 12th round or undrafted is slotted at, at 10th round.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So that's that's where the, the keeper sleepers move.
1: Yep. And now from here on out, every keeper will advance two rounds each year kept. Uh, mm-hmm. this year is a little, little weird because that rule was introduced. So people who are already kept once only advanced one, but this will simplify things. So everybody moves up two years and there is no shelf life on keepers. You can keep them as long as you want, but they will advance two rounds and, uh, you can even keep them in the first round. Uh, I know Adrian Peterson got kept a couple of years when he was really high performing. So, mm-hmm. and that worked out. Um, so those yeah. are kind of
0: the little changes for that. If you – and, you know, I'm sure one day this will get brought up and be confusing, um, not this year, but one day. Uh, if you do have two first-round keepers, um, you can keep both of those guys. You just – you give up your first and second-round pick. Uh, there's no uh, shelf life, like you said, on on a keeper. They can – they're yours in perpetuity. So if you have <laughs> – what? That
1: is a good point. That's a great point to bring up right now because actually I hadn't thought of that. So first and second round pick, even if they both have a first round value.
0: Yep. Yep. The the keepers that's that's why I like keeper leagues, uh because I like uh I and you know, it's not just fake sentimentality like Sean Carr. I actually like uh keeping my players. Um, you know, I had Marshawn Lynch for several years. I've still got I've had AJ Green every year of his career and I get to follow these guys' individual careers, um, which is fun, which is, you know, I think the best part of fantasy football, you know, that and fucking around with your friends, but getting to root for individuals as players uh, is a lot of fun. So, yeah, the the keepers are yours for however long you want them. Um, And don't forget the keepers make great trade fodder. Uh, Howard and I had probably
1: one of the only trades last year but I got uh, Terrell Pryor out of it and he got Ezekiel Elliott and made a push for the the playoffs and the championship last year with that. So they're they're good uh, trade bait and uh can work out beneficial for both sides. So don't forget about using those.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um so let's talk a little bit more about who is keeping who and uh I had one one more note here that I thought was kind of a bizarre omission uh, as a keeper. And that was Derek Carr. Uh, I think McBroom had uh, Carr. Let me check that real quick. Um, Yeah, Room had Carr. I'm not giving away much here when I say I think he's – probably one of the, he's definitely a top 10 quarterback, uh, and I I think he was on his way to a possible MVP last year before he got hurt, and uh, he's ascending, and they've got the, the Raiders have a good team, a really, really good offense, maybe a suspect defense, but that's better for your offense, fantasy wise. Um, I was just really, really surprised Broom did not keep uh, Derek Carr. And Maybe it's because his last name is Carr, and Broom is trying to distance himself <laughs> from anything to do with any cars. Maybe he thought uh, Derek's car brother isn't David. He thought maybe it was Sean Carr, um, which is really the only reason I can think of that he would keep him. I mean, he's got, Broom's got good keepers. He's got Julio Jones in the fifth, Russell Wilson. So he's got his quarterback in the eighth, but uh, keeping Derek Carr, I don't know where he would have, what he would have cost McBroom. Um, I think he would have cost him like a fifth Fourth or fifth rounder, uh I would have done that. And then instead of that though, he he picked he's keeping Jay Ajayah Ajaya in the uh in the ninth round. Who's a who's a yeah. solid player, but you know, one of the he's probably a top ten running back, probably. But like we were talking about earlier, running backs jump around from year to year and you can Usually find solid value for a running back on the waiver wire at some point in the season, um, or later in the draft, whatever. Uh, I I just I would I would keep Derek Carr if he was on my team for sure. Yeah, Carr
1: would have been a, a fifth round uh, value for uh, McBroom, and then maybe yeah, he decided. Well, maybe he decided since he already had Julio Jones there, then then it would have been a fourth round pick, and. Still. He I agree. You could have two top 10 quarterbacks with Russell Wilson and Derek Carr and get them in the fourth and eighth round and just be set. Yeah. And the running back is, it's it's iffy, um, but I don't know. We're, we're, I mean, it's all prediction and uh, anticipation. You can't really know, but nobody knew Jay Aj- Ajayi was going to be
0: any good at the beginning of the season last year. No, uh, he was suspended for, for a game. I, he's, he's a little troublemaker. Um, yeah. But yeah, then he really came on strong. I think what he had like 200 something yards against the Steelers one game, and I think he went back to back 200 yard games at one point. Um, yeah, so he's, he's a good did. player, but in a two quarterback league, uh, Derek Carr is a, the better value. Yeah. So well, well, any other we'll uh, keepers? Any other ones you want to talk about that? pick um, out. I don't know. Why don't. How about we? Who do you think has? Uh, as a team collectively, the best keepers and the worst keepers. Um,
1: I think, I mean, I think face police has got to have the best keepers looking yeah. at them. I mean, they're all 11, 10, 9, 12 round value. David Johnson, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jarek McKinnon. You know, you get those four players in the t- uh, 10th or 9th through 12th round. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that.
0: Well, I, I, yeah, I think his, His three keepers are, yeah, definitely. I think collectively the best three, and at the at those values, the best three. Um, I get Vaughn wanting to keep uh, Jarek McKinnon as a deep sleeper keeper because it's just an additional keeper, and the twelfth round isn't much value or isn't like a you know obviously uh, a costly pick. But he's they got uh, they signed Latavius Murray and they they drafted Dalvin Cook with their first pick and i've been hearing a lot about dalvin cook um i don't Jarek jerick, jerick mckinnon has had every opportunity you know from peterson's suspension to peterson getting hurt jerick mckinnon is who who he is i don't think he's going to suddenly burst i think he's third on the depth chart i don't even know if he's going to make the team if uh, if howard was here maybe he he could weigh in as our resident vikings fan but uh I, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blast Vaughn for keeping him, um, but personally, because you know, especially because he's a fourth deep keeper sleeper. But I don't think I would. I'd rather have my twelfth round pick than Jarek McKinnon. But,
1: he yeah. might be that kind of that PPR. Uh, you know, some sort of half point PPR. Now he could be that third down kind of uh, screen pass. That's
0: what Dalvin Cook is.
1: And, oh, that's what Dalvin Cook is. So well, I think mean, he's getting a whole bunch of hype, and I don't know. At the beginning of the well, season,
0: they've also so got Latavius so. Murray they signed as a free agent who I I believe had a hundred or a thousand yards last year for the Raiders. Yeah. He's a solid, he's a solid football player. I just don't think Jerick McKinnon is that good. He's no Tariq Cohen. I'll tell you that he's, he doesn't make chicken salad out on the football field.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What about, uh, what about the worst picks? Who do you think's got the, I mean, not that there's really
0: all that bad, but there's some questionable decisions. Um, you know, I think uh, we gave we gave Sean Carr shit about Legarrette Blunt, but I think Darren McFadden is a solid deep keeper at twelve, and then Devonta Freeman and the Gronkinator are, are both really solid. You know, I think um, if I if my least favorite team or keepers are probably uh, probably our champion uh, Blecka. Uh, Mike Evans is a great keeper. He's been a great keeper for years for, uh, for Blecka, but then it kind of takes a dip. I don't know what you think of Isaiah Crowell. Um, I I know he's a talented guy. Uh, I think he was the number one recruit coming out of high school back in the day before we went to, I think Georgia, Um, but he's on the Browns. Uh, And he had a good year last year. I don't know. Um,
1: I don't think Crowell is bad, but I think, I think Devonte Adams at an eighth round, I think I would have tried to trade that third keeper spot and see what I could get out of it.
0: Ah, shit. You know I, what? That's, I should have tried to make an offer for that. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had, I had a decision. I let, uh, Jimmy Graham go, which I think I, I could have kept him as a 10th. He would have been nice, but, um, you know, he just, he didn't make the cut for me. Uh, because I like AJ Green. And I, well, AJ Green in the fifth round is easy, easy decision. But yeah. Uh, um, and then, yeah, Dev- and Devontae Adams is also a Packer, and no one likes the Packers.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm excited to be up in Packer country. It'd be
0: good to be <laughs> around my people. Ugh, your people are fat and ugly, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never said the women were great. They make good cheese, though, and we're going to eat plenty of that this weekend. Uh, Speaking yes. of that, I'm going to get, we'll do burgers and brats and grill those out Friday night. Just, uh, I guess that really has nothing to do with keepers, but I just I just thought about cheese, so I thought I'd mention it. Um but yeah, uh I don't know, who did you think was a, a questionable keeper for some
1: Well people? I I've got I mean I'm gonna throw myself under the bus here and just say I've got some risky picks. Uh Cam Newton, I'm really hoping, can bounce back to his MVP status. Uh Martavis Bryant may or may not get reinstated, but he's kinda like last year I took a risk with uh Oh, Air uh, Josh Gordon, and hoping that he would get reinstated, and that didn't happen. Um, I know Terrell Pryor is probably as a 12th round value is a great deep sleeper keeper. Um, we'll see. We'll just see how those wide receivers. I'm not. I'm not thrilled about having three wide receivers as keepers,
0: but uh, yeah. Well, you got. I I think you're good with Martinez Bryant. What's going on with him? I, is he still suspended for smoking weed? he's still
1: suspended, but he's, he's playing in the preseason games. And as long as he doesn't have uh, any kind of setback, he's on his way to be reinstated for the first game.
0: I'll well, just keep him away from Le'Veon Bell. Just keep him out oh, of the locker room. That, that, that's hard. Just legalize, just legalize marijuana in the whole state of Pennsylvania. And then the Steelers will win the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's
1: that'd be very
0: well through. Um, well, uh, I saw you. I I, here's one that I was surprised about. Uh, you had Jameis Winston, but then I realized you picked him in like the second or third round last year. Who gave round. up Jameis? Who gave up Jameis Winston after his rookie year? I think it was Broom. Broom probably had some good keepers. Broom does have good keepers. No, he, he didn't keep Matt Ryan for God's sake. Um, or uh, Derek. I had I had Jameis. I think his his first year.
1: If you I did. Recall. Why didn't you keep him? Because then he would have been a second-round pick,
0: and I wasn't... No, his first year. He definitely wasn't a third-round pick, drafted a third-round pick. I think he was taken right around when I got Mariota. No, I took him fourth round last year. I went early on him. Jesus. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense then that you wouldn't keep him. Did you keep him last year? No. Uh, I don't
1: know. And then I think last year, my thought was I think I had kept a tight end. and My fifth and sixth round picks were tied up with picks or keepers, and I went early on a quarterback, probably earlier than I should have with Jameis.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, uh, he's going to be a, a high round draft pick, probably not as high as Derek Carr, but uh, he's probably Jameis will go in the first or second round, I would imagine, with all the other guys off the board. Or a lot of those, you know, Antonio, or no, Antonio Brown is on the board. But Odell Beckham, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah. uh, Brett uh, taking Doug Baldwin in the third round. um, Maybe a little questionable there. I don't know who else he had as an option to keep. Uh, He's keeping that. How did he? Brett getting Matt Ryan in like the 12th round last year was insane. I don't know. Yeah. I always hated Matt. I've always hated Matt Ryan. And I continue to just, he's a nerd. He's in the flaccos. zone. <laughs> but, uh, I can't, I, I don't know how the hell he dropped that far. He had, I guess he had a down year in 2015, but still that's, that's a good deal for Brett there. Um, and Brett was considering, he, he was talking between Willie Sneed and, uh, Doug Baldwin and he went with Baldwin and um, you yeah, know, it, it's Baldwin's a good player. Uh, He's good.
1: Again, it's one of those that could have been, you know, he could have created a keeper spot. Um, I don't know that I would have gone. I think his, you know, his first two, Matt Ryan and Mark Ingram are great values, but uh, in the ninth and 10th round, but Doug Baldwin, the third, I would have been trying to chop that around. So more reason why we might want to set the keeper, um, deadline a little bit earlier and maybe allow for some trading once people see
0: uh, oh, yeah, what exactly. happened. Yeah, that was just I've just been lazy and uh, not on that this summer. so um,
1: Well I think everybody's been quite busy as, as the responses show um, this in the past few weeks, so I don't think that's all on you. Um, you know, if people were itching to get that in. people would have been asking. Uh,
0: good. But, well, that's why you're around to divert blame from me, so you're already doing a good job. <laughs> Ah, all right. Well,
1: let's, uh, you know, that's enough keeper talk. Uh, we can talk a little bit more, though, about maybe some new rules that might be uh, being proposed at the meeting.
0: Sure. Um, I've got a
1: couple. I, I, you know, I'm going to read one off here from Allen that he submitted. I think yeah. it's great needs to be read. Uh, read so uh, this it. is kind of straight from his mouth. Uh, let's name, nominate Sean Carr every year to get a bag of baby carrots and prepare them for the draft. We'll get him a chef's hat and a big pot to put over an open flame. Sean can open up the bag of baby carrots and dump them into the pot as if to be- prepare be- the beginnings of a stew. He'll boil the carrots over the fire to his liking. Then when he's done, he can jam them up his ass. <laughs> I think after the shenanigans Sean pulled with uh, a fork and a knife and a corn, of, uh, corn cob, trying to get the corn off of that instead of eating it with his hands like a man. This sounds like something he'd be really into.
0: Yeah, he can make them nice and soft as however, yeah, he can cook them however he wants. You know, we're not going to, you know, be crazy here, but you know, whatever firmness he wants to shove up his asshole, he's welcome to, and uh, I think it'll teach him a valuable lesson.
1: Yeah, and Sean, don't overboil those because if they're too soft, I think you're going to have some difficulty. Uh, getting yeah. in there and then also make sure you let them cool down just a bit because uh, I don't know, you don't want to have a, a burnt rectum. I'm not sure how, how that goes.
0: Well, I don't, I don't think, I think that whatever steel plating is inside Sean Carr's rectum is, can probably take the heat. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was one. yeah, that's one that's probably going to get past and I don't think we need to talk about Sean's butthole anymore. Um, that is for the baby carrots to decide. Uh, so, yeah, let's go to some other ones. Um, obviously, it's uh, it's August, and so I'm bringing this one up again. Add a keeper. I'm always going to be for more keepers every year. Um, for the reasons I stated earlier and state every year, uh, I like to have players to root for, and I just like to have consistency in the same players. And I know the argument is um, that it creates, like, dominant teams. And that is true to an extent. Uh, yeah, like Vaughn's got some great keepers, but Vaughn was at the bottom of the barrel for years. Um, and he's switched around. Uh, and, you know, we don't really know what these players careers have in store. There've been numerous players that have looked like they've had the, the brightest of futures. And then two years later are nowhere. Um, you know, we talk about Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson, both being in the first round last year, and now they're not anywhere near first round discussion. Uh, Odey, Ode, Odell Beckham Jr. I never remember what the hell. OBJ? Odell Beckham? Yeah, OBJ, whatever. We're, we're so lazy with nicknames as a society this, these days. It's so annoying. We need better sports writers to come up with better nicknames. That's why I thank God for Tariq Cohen. He's got like seven nicknames that are awesome Chicken Salad, Big Daddy, The Human Joystick. He's gonna be fun. He's gonna be a fun player. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Something about uh, oh yeah, like no, oh, no I'm, gonna, Dunn, I'm gonna push. He's a head case, and who knows? Yeah, he's one of the most talented players in the NFL. Who knows what's gonna happen? David Johnson is a running back. Running back careers are so hard to predict. Uh, so let, I I'm let me let
1: push back on you here, though. I'm gonna push back on you a little bit, Pete, because yeah, we're ahead. complaining a little bit about the draft and you know not having a full attendance. I think if we had up to five keepers per team that the draft would no longer be valuable to people to to make an effort to come. I think I think it would deter people it would deter people even more if they knew they only had to make ten picks um, okay, that's exaggerating if they only had to make twelve picks instead um and that all the players that they were you know wanted to get, not all but a lot of them were. We're gone uh, i think that it would be harder to make the draft uh and people would start somebody people would start auto drafting which would be just the downfall of all society
0: yeah i don't think that's gonna happen i understand your point point. no one's gonna auto draft that's ridiculous uh howard might have to this year we don't know what's going on with him um but i don't know the draft to me isn't about so much the draft uh it's about getting drunk and eating meats and hanging out with uh, people you don't get to see too often. Um, So whether or not I'm drafting uh, 10 or 12 players or 13 or 14, um, doesn't really matter. I mean, I'll still go wherever we draft. If we want to do it and keep doing it in Wisconsin, obviously we're welcome to, if we want to switch it up sometime, we can do that. Um I just I just like keepers and uh I like rooting for the same player. So that's why I'm I'm always gonna advocate for more keepers. Uh I think four is a good number with and then the deep keeper is a possible fifth. Uh I think what do we have? Four deep keepers kept this year. Um so I don't know. Uh I've I repeat myself every year on this. People know my arguments. Um I like I like keeping players, and so I'd like to keep uh, I'd like to add a fourth keeper again. So we'll, right, we'll, we'll put that to vote when we vote and see where what happens. Probably we'll get turned down again, I'm sure, but I'm going to keep doing it. Um, well, that's the beauty of the democracy here, Peter. What else have you got up your sleeve for new new world changes? Um, all right, I got a. Uh, here's a couple. That are kind of in the same vein and will definitely add to the confusion, but uh, and we'll probably get turned down. But I like them. Um, I say we keep the two-year or the two-round uh, penalty up until the player passes the fifth round, and then it goes back to one, um, just to hold on to players for longer that you really like. Uh, you know, argument goes back to the same of liking the same player and wanting that player on your team. Um, and then, it, you know, once it once it gets to the fifth round, that's when it's really, I, uh, you know, you're making big decisions. When when they're back in the twelfth, tenth, you know, a lot of these guys are tenth rounders. Uh, two rounds is is plenty, you know, that's, that's, I think that's a really good rule, but I think once it gets closer up to the the top of the draft there, it allows you to keep the players that you like and that have been on your team for so long. Um, And yeah, so that's just, that's just one idea kind of in the same vein as that one is um, it costs you two rounds for the first two or three years that you keep a player. So let's say, you know, let's just use Jordan Howard as an example. He's on my team. I got him, I don't know, later in the draft last year. He's a 10th round keeper this year. Uh, so then next year he's going to be an 8th round keeper. Then he'd be a 6th round keeper. And then he would be a 5th round keeper. After, after Or, you know, he'd go up to 4 and then he'd be a 3. So after 2 or 3 years of keeping a player, you know, you've shown, yeah, you really like this player. You get you loyal. You've been loyal to this player, and uh, you've liked having this player on your team. Then it, it goes to a one-round penalty. So it's kind of the same as uh, after the you know once a player crosses the fifth round threshold, they're a one uh, penal, one round penalty a year um, rule. You know, it's it, those are kind of the same. What it's it's two to three years as. Two round penalty, or after the fifth round, it's a one year penalty. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what people think about that. It's something to steal on, and I think talk about it tomorrow. Night. I, I,
1: I think there's some merit to them. I think the first way sounds a lot easier as far as the co commissioner trying to oh, yeah, track for sure is easier to figure out the fifth round rather than how many years somebody has been kept. Uh, is frustrating. I know that, and people, it, it's so hard to keep that transparent for everyone to know that you know it's it's being accounted for
0: but those yeah. are some
1: possibilities anything else you got i got i got one other idea myself
0: um is yours about keepers because that's all i got for keepers i got a couple more ideas but if no
1: mine's not about keepers uh, uh mine is uh changing the payout um way this is just a an idea to throw out there i've seen testing the waters with the rest of the uh league um, about that it's not the top uh, team top highest scoring team each week but that there's a little bit more variability um, where week by week it might be the highest scoring wide receiver or uh, the team with the largest margin of victory or the highest scoring um, wide receiver set uh, smallest margin of victory those kinds of things just to keep it interesting and and uh, help some of those teams that maybe aren't uh, winning every week or don't have a chance to have all the studs uh, put up high points, might be able to get some payouts as well.
0: All right. Um, I'm into that idea. Uh, as long as as co-commissioner, you are the one who f- goes through at the end of the year and figures out what was the uh, rule for that week and who was the winner. Because that's not okay. something I'm going to do. <laughs> um, okay. I'm not going to. It's annoying enough to just go through and see the highest point total and then calculate well it, that's really not that annoying but that's that's as much work as I'm willing to do uh, so if that's something that you want to do then uh, yeah I think that could be an interesting interesting thing um, and might affect people's lineups too like if we're doing most points for wide receiver that might affect uh, your flex decisions um, or I don't know how you'd want to do it but yeah that's, that's something we can talk about tomorrow I think that's a that's an interesting little twerk there tweak um yeah, I like it. Uh,
1: all right, I, th- I think that's good.
0: All right, I got a couple of points. Um, I think maybe uh, i you know I've always been a big advocate for bonus points and continue to be, but I think it's I think maybe the uh the bonus points for the the yardage bonus for receivers, tight ends and running backs is uh is a little much um. I don't have, let me pull up the league rules and guidelines real quick and see. Um, yeah, you get two, three, and five bonus points for 125, 150, and 200. Um, I don't know, maybe make those thresholds higher or bump the points down, um, the bonuses down a little bit. Because uh, remember, now you get, those are cumulative. So if you get 200 yards rushing, you don't just get five bonus points; you get ten because you get the one twenty. You've obviously passed one twenty-five and one fifty, so you've got those five bonus points, and then the, the crossing of two hundred, you get you get ten bonus ten yardage bonus points. Um, so, I mean, I won't I won't be upset if that one stays as is, but I think that's just something we can think about, uh, you know, altering either increasing the threshold or slightly decreasing the point total for uh, the bonus points.
1: Okay. Uh, that, I understand that.
0: Um, it makes,
1: uh, makes it a little bit better, uh, Even the playing field from the,
0: the studs just running away with uh, certain games. Yeah. I mean, while, while I do, and like my argument for the bonus points is, you know, if a, if a running back has 200 yards and doesn't get into the end zone – um, he should be rewarded for those 200 yards because he, even though he didn't score a touchdown, 200 yards, if you have 200 yards on the ground, your team is most likely going to win the game and uh, you should, you should be rewarded for that. Um, I just think that, you know, it's a little much what, what our current setup. up. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, I also, I have a couple defensive adjustments. Um, I see we do four points for a safety. I think that's a little much. Uh, I love defensive scoring. You know, I've been a big implementer of you know making it so that our defenses score more points on average than any other league I've been in, which I really like. But uh, I think safeties are so arbitrary, and uh, four points is a little much. Um, I would I'd say make that two and a half or three for a safety. Uh, you know, you're still a safety is most likely going to be a sack. Um, and so you're still going to get the points for a sack as well as the four points for a safety is, is a bit much. Um, speaking of sacks, you, you get one point, you get one point for a sack. Uh, I was thinking, especially if we bump that safety one down to make the sacks a little bit better and give us 1.5 per sack instead of just one, you know, very minor little adjustment there. But, uh, I think that, I, I just like that. I don't know. Um, not much to talk about there. Just bump up bump sacks up to one point five. Yes or no? Uh, I'll bring it up tomorrow night, and uh, you know, it's not it's not something that requires a lot of thought. You're either you're either for it or you're like, nah, let's keep it as is. So, all right. Um, and then final final uh, point rule change. Um, I would be down to totally shake up kicking scoring, uh, I would I would go so far as to say I, I wouldn't be opposed to just getting rid of kickers. <laughs> uh, kicking is pretty arbitrary, too. Uh, but it is fun to have kickers and get those points. Maybe it would be fun to, instead of rewarding kickers for made field goals, uh, you know, five points for a 50-plus-yard field goal, let's say if you miss a 50-yard field goal, you get one point no, no points for any field goal makes, but you get you get five points if you miss below 30 yards, three points below 40 yards, and one point below 50. And if it's a 50-plus yard field goal that you miss, then no points or one point. I don't know. But uh, just reversing it, kind of like the, the missed PAT, you get three points. And so then you can root for your kickers to miss kicks, which is, uh, which is fun. And then I wouldn't then I then I won't be drafting the Bears kicker every year. because uh, I want <laughs> I would want my kicker to miss kicks. Um kicking is stupid and all kickers get beat up and deserve to. And uh I think we could just have some fun with our kicking rules. So I don't know if uh that one's gonna fly over. Maybe with some of the weirdos we'll like that. Some of the traditionalists probably won't. But uh I don't know. I think that could be a fun little twerk, try it out for a year, see how it goes. Uh, get people upset. I just think it's fun to root for failure. You know, everyone loves a good little bit of shrewd and fraud. So why not?
1: Yeah, um, uh, I think I think it's interesting. I, I I do agree that I think sometimes I I'm upset with how much I am considering kickers in my lineup.
0: Yeah, so so dumb. It's just dumb. I, you know, I don't even draft kickers. Uh, I just pick somebody up randomly at. You know, the a day before the first game, I decide who I don't want on my team anymore, and then I switch them for a stupid little kicker, um, or punting. I'd rather even do punting than kicking because uh, well, then it, whoever drafts Pat O'Donnell on the Bears is going to win the league. So maybe we can't do punting. But anyway, yeah, I'd be up for a shakeup of kickers. We can uh, we can discuss that again tomorrow night. Uh, oh, see What people are I thinking.
1: I've got a couple other that you reminded me of, um, one very simple, uh, maybe an extra point if the pass, uh, that is is a reception is a first down. Um, so that it's more valuable for those players rather than those shitty teams who you you got players who just catch balls, but they never advance the ball, uh, Mm -hmm. might be an extra point or a half point or something if it's a first down, uh, so they get rewarded for keeping the chains moving. Um, the other one that i brought up i think in the podcast last season was also that maybe moving from the waiver wire priority list to an auction um set format oh so that you uh are you know you have a budget of 100 or 200 dollars. everybody has the same budget and you auction uh you put in your bids for players that you want so that way it's uh a little bit more evenly distributed people can figure out how they want to spend their auction bucks and it's not just about who's putting in the priorities and who's not um yeah. because sometimes there's, there's people who don't pay attention but that would be a kind of a change up that we haven't really done any auction style and then finally i think that this should pass unanimously and i'm hoping that i can figure out yahoo to be able to do it but i think if the defense that you're playing against scores. So let's say they get an interception, a pick six, or a blocked punt for a touchdown, that that does not count against the team defense who you're playing. Um oh, so yeah. let's say I think,
0: I think that's already in there.
1: I, I no, don't No, I'm pretty sure that it's just overall score. And it's
0: it's really I, frustrating I don't, to see. Well we can look into that. I, I, I think you are I don't think you're right about that. I think that uh, I I think that the six points for the touchdown doesn't count, but the one point for the the extra point after the touchdown does count against you. I, I don't think, I think that already happens, um, but we can look well, at Well we're
1: in, we're in agreement. And I think most people would be
0: in agreement about oh, that totally. too. The, your team
1: yeah. defense shouldn't be penalized when they're not on the
0: field. Right. Yeah. Right. If you had the Texans so, and Matt Schwab throws a pick six, uh, you know, a few years ago, then yeah, you, your Texans defense shouldn't be uh, penalized for Matt Schwab, Matt Schaub's pick six. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that's already in place. We can look into it, but yeah, if it's not, and there's a way to do it, I think that would be a unanimous decision there. Um, All right. Well,
1: I one more,
0: more rule. Uh, I know we're running pretty long, but whatever, it's the, the kickoff shebang here. And I imagine most people are going to be listening to this on the way. So you've got plenty of time to drive and listen. Um, Ben, you're going to get to listen to it twice probably with uh, the Iowa crew coming up. Um, Always fun to hear the sound of my own voice. Yeah, who doesn't like their own name too? Uh, ben, 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 Ben. There, that's a little treat for you later.
1: Uh, Might be going to explode in the car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I don't know. I think maybe uh, reordering uh, the draft um, or something like I I don't know if we actually ever did pass something like this, where uh, the consolation bracket, you know, whoever wins the consolation bracket gets first pick, uh, or something Mm. like that. Um, And then, you know, whoever loses, or we can keep, you know, 10th place can still get first pick, and whoever wins the consolation bracket um, gets, you know, second, or I I don't know. Just shaking up uh, a Shaking up the draft order uh maybe i oh you know what we did do? We did um the third place game. I remember that uh whoever wins the third place game jumps up ahead of the person who lost so if if you win third place, you pick sixth instead of seven or no you would pick seventh instead of eighth if you win the third place game. Uh, ah. uh, we've already passed that one. I don't know if we, if you put that in the, it's
1: the, not uh, in the rules. I'm watching it right now.
0: Yeah, that, okay. I forgot to write that one down. Um, I mean, we can, I guess bring that up tomorrow, but I'm like, I'm like 96% sure that, that that one got passed. Um, and I would just kind of take that a little further and, uh, Shake up the beginning of the the draft order with the the consolation brackets. Uh, I, the, I think that because it keeps people, you know, it gets people interested even even when they're out of it. It's you know one to two more weeks of meaningful fantasy football for the people that didn't make the playoffs, and uh, who doesn't want more fantasy football? I mean, the play the the real life playoffs are great, but you know, come week sixteen, everybody's a little sad that fantasy's gone. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, just to extend extend fantasy by a couple extra weeks. You know, come week fourteen, I guess, really, is when people stop giving a shit if they're out of the playoffs. But to make it make those uh fifteen and sixteen weeks uh more important for a couple more for more people, uh that would be fun. So I think somehow to some sort of start of the draft order shakeup uh I would be down for. All right. Well,
1: looks like we got a lot of rules to talk about tomorrow. What time are we kicking off? Uh, I know the draft is supposed to start at nine. Do we do want to uh, do a meeting at eight so we can have a good hour to dedicate to this?
0: Yeah. Um, that's the tricky part. Uh, I'm hesitant to lock up a time, you know, like what if it's nice out and we're out on the boat and having fun out on the water and that, you know, another thing with, I think most, if not all people are going to be leaving, uh, Saturday. Uh, obviously everyone is welcome to stay Saturday night and enjoy the lake and the day Saturday. I don't know when, when the Saturday leavers are planning on leaving. Um, you know, hopefully if it's, if it's a nighttime thing that they've got to be at, you know, maybe if it's a nice day out, then we can enjoy the lake for some of the day and people can leave at like three ish or whatever. Um, but anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here, as often happens with my disease. Uh, so, what I was saying before is that I don't really want to lock down like hard eight o'clock meeting time. Like, let's say generally, like generally, the draft is going to start about nine o'clock. Realistically, that's probably going to be pushed back because we're going to get into arguments during the meeting, and things are going to move slowly beforehand. So, who knows? But we're going to say. Draft start around nine o'clock and sure we'll say meeting starts around eight o'clock, but realistically we'll play that by ear. Uh, just to see how we're all doing and you know what the status is with dinner. I, I guess we can, we can eat while we're meeting, um, eat our sausages, whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I don't, so I guess satellite, uh, Travis, Broom, Howard, I don't know what your deal is. What I, I don't know if you're going to be in the air or in a foreign airport or what. I don't think Howard's going to be home in time to be a part of the meeting or the draft. I don't know what's going on with him. I got to text him later. But anyway, um, I forget what I was saying. I completely forgot what
1: <laughs> so I was we're saying. roughly trying to start at 8 o'clock, and we'll discuss about how long uh, – However long the discussion takes, but uh, hoping to do start the draft sometime in the nine o'clock hour. Uh, that's central standard time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Everybody, uh, everybody except for Howard is registered on the clicky draft. I'm very excited. Okay. I think this is going to be a really good way of using it. Everybody should be able to stay up on it. Um, cool. The Google thing worked out well last year, but I think this will just be a little bit more polished. So
0: yeah, whatever. I I, I trust your tech savvy uh and everyone this the seven of us that will be in Wisconsin fear not I will be uh also making our traditional big draft board and I'll have markers I've got to find my markers if not I'll have to buy some uh whatever but anyway yeah we'll we'll, we'll do like we normally do, but we'll also have Ben's uh clicky draft which will be especially helpful for the satellite drafters Um, and the, and the uh, seven of us that are there, it'll be helpful too to kind of just monitor what's going on. And so you don't have to, you know, stand up and look at the board. And sometimes, you know, especially uh, after maybe five or six rounds, we get a little bit behind on the board, you know, beers become more important than writing down football players names. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the clicky draft will be a, a good tool for everyone. And, uh, I think it'll probably be the, <laughs> I don't want to say efficient because nothing we ever do is efficient, but as far as our scale of efficiency goes, probably the most efficient draft, uh, that we've had yet. I think between, between yeah. the two, two mediums. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, let's not take, uh, too much more time here. Uh, Anything else you want to touch on there, Ben Herman, Miller?
1: No, no. uh, Just uh, thanks to everybody who's listened and made it all the way through here. And uh, hopefully I can get this uh, up here tonight. So on Thursday, and everybody will have it waiting for them for their ride.
0: Radical. Yeah. um, Looking forward to it. Uh, You know, you guys, if you're listening tomorrow, Friday, just – keep me posted on departure and arrival times and et cetera, et cetera. I, uh, I'm going to be leaving the city, um, noon at the very latest and I'm shooting for like 10 30, but who knows with me, I move slowly. Um, and so I, and then I'm going to make a, I'm going to, uh, I don't know if I'm going to stop at Costco. I don't know. Um, I got to make a grocery store run. But anyway, I'm just talking to myself now. Uh, just keep me posted, and I'll see everybody tomorrow. It's going to be a great weekend.
1: All right. All right, All guys. Right. Stretch safe, and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: All right. Love you, Ben. Love you guys. Love you guys.
1: Bye. Bye.